Welcome to Swift Unscripted, a podcast that gives you the opportunity to hear inside stories and be a part of the conversation with education leaders who are transforming schools to benefit each and every student, their families, and ultimately the communities in which they live. Hello, everyone. I am so excited today to have uh, Swift's own Wade Kelly here with us, and he is our Director of Visual and Concept Curation. And you may say, well, what is that? That is bringing all issues of equity and justice front and center at the Swift Education Center. And um, we're so proud that he is with us. He has a long history of community advocacy and working with marginalized populations to make sure their voices are heard and to bring power and support to those groups. So. Welcome, Wade. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. You've been instrumental in helping us to build our messaging around equity and justice, and in particular, um, helping to do a graphic that we'd like to share through the podcast, which is always tricky. So uh, we will be tweeting out uh, this graphic for you all to take a look at. We'll have it. It's posted right now on swiftschools.org on the front page. So if you want to pull that up while you're listening, that can be helpful. Um, we'll also have it on all of our social media outlets. So you'll have it available there. So without further ado, I say we should get into the graphic. Uh, before I do that, though, Wade, do you want to give a little context? This graphic series was really fun for me. It was an opportunity for me to build something visual that essentially was just going to help me frame some of the concepts that we were trying to pivot to as or pivot strongly in that direction as an organization. The graphic series started with the fact that Swift had some branding that was loosely based on another graphic series that was about inequality, inequality, and equity. And the most popular one showed three people trying to look over a fence at a baseball game or some sort of sporting event. And the fence was too high. So it was three frames. In the inequality frame, only one of the people could see over the fence because they were the tallest one. The other two were not able to see over the fence. And so in the next frame, they would add stools for everyone. But in the equality frame, all the stools were the same height. The people depicted are not the same height, even with an equal treatment being the stool, two of them still couldn't see over. And then the next one was the equity frame where they all had stools that reflected their need to be able to see over the fence. So the shortest person had the highest stool. That was the original graphic. And Swift had podiums where we had some sort of really simple renditions of that idea. And, and it was good. It just wasn't enough. It wasn't going far enough. And, and more specifically, it really wasn't speaking to the specific ideas that are part of uh, Swift's focus, which is building equity and joining justice. And the first one, it does some things right, but you have to go further than that. It's 
not really leading to an understanding of systemic issues. The question shouldn't be, you know, how do we help these people? You know, how do we get these people some help? You know, they, they obviously have some issues. We need to get these people some help. That's not the question. The question is, why and how are we allowing a system to exist that consistently and predictably causes black and, and other non-white people of color to experience uh, disproportionately negative life outcomes. That's, that's the issue. That's the question. It's, it's about the system. It's not about the people being flawed, the people being um, less than. I knew that when we were gonna build a swift version of this that we needed to address some of those issues um, directly. Let me move over to describing this beautiful graphic. Then you can start talking about what it means. You can access it on the Swift Schools website, swiftschools.org. It will be included in the tweet that goes out with this podcast and available on our other social media outlets. And we encourage you to take a look at it as Wade walks us through it. But for those of you that are driving and can't look at it right now, let me describe just a little bit of what it looks like. We have four panels. Each panel um, has a a bookshelf in it. And uh, the panels are titled Inequality, Equality, Equity, and Justice. And as we look at inequality, we have a bookshelf with two students, One student is in green and one student is in yellow. And one student, the student in green, is on a ladder. They are accessing a teal colored book that is only on the top shelf of the bookshelf. There is a student in yellow and they are accessing no books and not standing on the ladder. The top shelf that the student in green is accessing is also full of books. It's just a row of books and they just happen to be at the top of the ladder grabbing that one book. Yeah, and the color of the books exactly matches the color of the clothing worn by the student who's accessing it. So then we move on to the frame of equality, the second box. And in this box, what I'm seeing is also the bookshelf, same one, the same books at the top that are teal, um, matching the student on the ladder. The student is at the top of the ladder, still accessing the teal book. And in this frame, the student that is in yellow has a ladder also, but it appears that ladder is missing some rungs. And that student is also reaching for a teal book. Now we move to equity. In this frame, the ladders are gone. We have equity. The bookshelf looks shorter. Both students have the ability to reach um, all shelves of the bookshelf without a ladder. We still have a student in teal, and that student is accessing a teal colored book. We also still have the student in yellow, and that student is accessing now 
a row of yellow books. The top shelf, which is now accessible to, to either, is teal, and the middle shelf is yellow books. The student in yellow is holding a wrench. And then the last frame is justice. And in this justice frame, we have so much. The student in teal. Um, the bookshelf is uh, still low, but has more, more on it. It's got books. It's got the teal books. It's got the yellow books. It's got all different books. It's got a computer, some headphones, a globe. It's got some art supplies, all kinds of things on this bookshelf. The uh, student in teal is now reaching for a yellow book. The student in yellow is also reaching for a yellow book. We have two new students in this photo or in this panel. One student dressed in gray and one student dressed in light blue. And three of those four students have um, wrenches. Mm -hmm. In addition, in this panel, we see a picture on the wall. And in that picture, it shows a picture of the earlier frame of inequality and equality hanging on the wall above this bookshelf. The, the bookshelf is the exact same height as the one in equity. The justice bookshelf is wider so that it can hold more. And um, there's lots of different colored books on there. I think you pretty much hit it all. This is an opportunity for, for those of you struggling with how to take conversations into schools where these, this, these conversations hasn't, haven't occurred before. This is a real nice way to do it. It's, it's, it's a good way to start learning um, low risk, um, really high uh, importance. And I'll add too that it is purposefully fairly simple visually. It really is meant to be absorbed and understood uh, in a really sort of palatable or, or digestible way. Um, it's, there's not a whole lot of distraction in these frames. Uh, they're just sitting, the figures and the bookshelf and everything are just sitting on a white background so that there's really good visual contrast. So in the inequality frame, the first frame, the symbolism here, and, and this is for actually all four frames, the symbolism is going to, to hold true to each one. Essentially, the bookshelf is the system, right? And so we're basically talking about it in terms of education, because that's what Swift is focused on. I really wanted it to feel like something that could occur in the ecosystem of education and schools and educational communities. So the bookshelf symbolizes the system, the educational system. The books that are on the bookshelf, they symbolize or represent the curriculum as well as anything that is meant to enhance the experience or lives of the students and the, the families of the students. So it can be understood in that way. The, the colors 
of the clothing that are worn, it really is just a representation of their demographics. In the inequality frame, since we're starting there, in the inequality frame, the student in green or teal should be understood as the demographic for whom the system was built to benefit. The student in yellow is symbolizing basically everyone else. Um, the, the people who were intentionally left out. And I say intentionally because uh, we can't forget that this bookshelf was constructed. This whole idea was a purposeful uh, endeavor. And when we're talking about the, the purposeful nature of this and, and why this is inequitable or uh, unequal creation, we have to look back at the history and look back at, at why, why we're able to say confidently that this was something that was done on purpose. You know, we need tools like this to begin these conversations and, and hopefully transition these conversations into the real work, into the real, um, you know, meat and potatoes of, of building equity and justice. We need these graphics so that we can speak honestly about these types of things. You know, if you talk about the constitution, then you start talking about, again, like we the people, you know, article one, section two is, is there's no mention of women. Um, there's no mention of, of native peoples, indigenous peoples. Uh, it's talking about slaves as being three, three fifths of human beings. I mean, you know, these, these are really problematic documents that are set up a framework that is just going to cascade through all different segments of our society. So the inequality frame in this uh, series is trying to, to touch on those things and trying to assert the idea that essentially this whole framework was set up for one demographic to succeed. And that demographic is uh, wealthy land-owning white men. And this frame is illustrating that, and it's also illustrating, hopefully, uh, by default, that if you've set up that demographic, demographic to succeed, that means the proximity to that demographic, those are gonna be the varying degrees of success that are enjoyed. So, with that line of thinking, that's how we understand that um, looking at Black liberation struggles and social justice movements that center uh, Black lives, through that framework, we can understand that those are by, those struggles are by default speaking directly to and empowering the other demographics that are not part of that one demographic that was set up to, to succeed. Wade, you're making me think that, you know, we have this graphic and this beautiful little pink bookshelf and little students here, but what, what you're really conveying is um, deep, deep historical marginalization. Yes. 
and oppression and racism. And that is, as we try to share that simplistically and elegantly in this graphic, it is still rooted in, in that very deep narrative. You know, that's what I mean by it just being an on-ramp. Um, you can go all the way, you know, you can go into all those conversations with populations or, or groups or students or anyone who is, is engaging in this uh, dialogue. You can go way in or you can just sort of get the ball rolling. I just think it's important to have that flexibility with these kinds of tools because, you know, your, your audience is going to change. Having said that, and, and with that understanding, the inequality frame is just illustrating that, wow, this kid that is in Teal has full access because the ladder illustrates the access, the curriculum and sort of the, the opportunity that is represented in the books is just flat out inaccessible. And that truth has, has uh, been proven true throughout history. So now we can move to the equality frame. Understanding the inequality frame is kind of a, a heavy first step. If you wanna really understand all the nuances, it's, it's a pretty heavy first step. And these other ones kind of have a way of being a little bit easier to process after you understand that first step of sort of systemic inequality that that goes back to the thing that I was originally talk about, talking about, about the, the national conversation and the bigger picture that, you know, even though this is just the most sort of simple frame, it, it's holding a lot of um, conflict in it because it's one thing to look at this and say, oh, darn, that student can't reach the books. It's another thing entirely to say, oh, so that's the way it was designed? Yeah. That, is, that is a problem. So in sum, you said the bookshelf represents the system. Mm -hmm. The students, each, the color that they're wearing is representing their identity. Mm -hmm. The books represent the tools, resources, and supports. Mm -hmm. And then the latter represents access. Do I have that right? That's absolutely right. Take us into equality. Okay, so in the equality frame, same bookshelf, same height, same look, um, teal books all along the top that the teal student is able to access climbing up to the ladder. But now we've given a ladder to the student in yellow and that student is gotten up and is accessing the books. But as you mentioned, the ladder is missing rungs and the books are still teal. So the representation there is that these are the, the technical adjustments that have been made throughout history to give more access to historically marginalized demographics, to the uh, curriculum and tools and supports and that type of thing that has always been 
accessible to the, the students that were not marginalized. Um, but it's supposed to illustrate the fact that there, there are still issues with that. It's still a system that is fundamentally uh, out of reach in terms of meeting students where they live. It's still necessary to have these tools to try to, uh, to level the playing field, if you will, um, for marginalized demographics. But that's, those tools are not taking into account um, different kinds of real life, real world, day-to-day -day experiences, things like um, uh, economic issues, things like social unrest, things like, um, well, you know, we can go down the list. It's not, it's not taking into account the, the actual lived experiences of the marginalized kids that they have to get through just to try to get to that, those, those um, tools and to get access to the, the curriculum. Okay, so now we can move on to the equity frame. In the equity frame, things, there's the most sort of dramatic change visually. So the bookshelf is shorter. Um, previously, it, it required a ladder just to get to the green books. Now, there's not a ladder required for either of the students to be able to access books. The student in teal is still accessing the teal row of books and the student in yellow is now finally accessing a row of books that are yellow. And then the student in yellow is holding the wrench, the tool. And so <clears throat> a few things that are symbolized here, the fact that the, that the bookshelf is a different size, a different height, it means that the system has been adjusted. So instead of just adding in band-aids and, um, and different kinds of ladders or different kinds of apparatus to try to get to this, um, to the um, support systems, we've adjusted the system. And the system has been adjusted with the, um, with the narratives of the, the, the marginalized student in mind. And that's why the student in yellow is holding the wrench because that symbolizes that these adjustments have been made very specifically. And what that's getting to is that, that equity is not about everybody. Equity is not just a blanket term that's just like, okay, let's just get equity going and everything's gonna work out. It's very specific and it has a reparative nature, which means that we are talking about damage that's been done and damage that needs to be repaired. And that tool is speaking to that need uh, for rebuilding and, and reassessing things. And it's also speaking to uh, a redistribution of power and that redistribution of power 
um, comes into play with the fact that there are books that are the color that reflect the narrative of that student with the wrench. Before, we we're doing all these things to figure out how to give the marginalized student access to the same things as the student in Teal. And in this frame, we're finally getting into discussing why those things um, are not enough. They're not enough because they have always been a reflection or a piece of that puzzle, a piece of that unjust structure. And we're not meeting the needs and not reflecting the the narratives and the identities and the cultures of the, the, the marginalized groups. The reason uh, also that the student in Teal doesn't have a tool or a wrench is because they don't need it. Because historically speaking, this entire apparatus was designed to fit them. This entire thing was designed for them to succeed. And there's not any need for this recalibration, this redesigning of the bookshelf, aka the system. There's no need for those demographics, uh, or that demographic to be part of that conversation um, because we already have seen what that looks like. So now we need to see what it looks like when other people are holding the tools you'll notice that other people holding the tools doesn't mean that now all of a sudden all the green books are gone, all the teal books are gone. That's not what that means. It means that this is not a zero sum game. It means that it's, it's bringing more voices into the room, more identities into the conversation and adjusting for that. A way that's so powerful and so impressive and who knew that it could get even better, but it must because there's a, there's a, there's a justice. Yes. So, so do tell. Yeah. And those two are related, you know, we're looking at this thing and we're thinking, oh, there's gotta be some sort of, um, you know, linear idea here that these things are, are sort of um, one meets the next meets the next meets the next. And, and really, the last two frames in particular don't necessarily even need to be read that way because they play off of each other. Um, it's like um, the way that I think of it, the way that I conceptualize the relationship between equity and justice is that equity is the thing that helps build justice and justice is the thing that sustains equity. So there's really a relational um, you know, inextricable sort of link between those two concepts and they just bounce back and forth depending on where you are in the process. Um, the justice frame is, is aspirational. It's the end game. It's where we're trying to get to. And it's good to be able to have a goal in mind, you know, to have an idea in mind. That's what this frame is all about is to have this idea in mind for where are we going? How, how do we get to where, where, we go, where we're going? That's the equity part. But when we get there, what will it be like? You know, let's not have a deficit of um, creativity where we cannot imagine 
where we need to be, we can imagine where we need to be now. As long as everybody's in the room and we're all talking about it, our dreams can all converge and we can all figure out what that's gonna look like. And so this is, the justice frame is sort of my stab at trying to speak to that, to speak to that, that coalition that we're trying to build. Um, so in the justice frame, uh, the bookshelf is the same height, but it's much wider and it's wide enough to hold all kinds of different uh, colors of books. And um, as you mentioned, there's uh, headphones, there's a computer, there, is, there are art supplies on the top, there's a globe and there's uh, a, a, a framed picture hanging above the bookshelf that shows uh, little versions of the inequality and equality frames that we talked about previously. So, uh, and then there's more students. And so there's, there's so much happening here, but essentially what's happening is, um, let's, just, let's just take the top row. Uh, the top row that has the art supplies and the hanging um, a piece of art on the wall and the globe, that is trying to illustrate um, a, a three key pieces of the concept of justice. And um, those are that, that there is an abundance of resources that are uh, culturally affirming, historically informed, and validating to individual narratives. And so the culturally aff affirming part, for me, that's what the globe symbolizes. It's all the cultures that, um, that, that coalesce within the educational system. The historically informed portion, that's the, the hanging artwork because the students that are in the justice frame they can enjoy the experience of, of having this more equitable uh, educational ecosystem, but they can still look and see and be reminded that it wasn't always this way. And the way to make it better was to avoid the pitfalls that we see in the inequality and equality frames, the um, some, you know, to, to honestly view some of the weaknesses and some of the historical uh, uh, injustices and not repeat those things. Uh, and then uh, the validating to individual narratives part, that's the part with the art supplies. So although there are, you know, four different kinds of paint there in these little bottles and there's paint brushes and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, I have an art background. And so when I see those, I don't necessarily even see those as just those colors. I see those as the possibility of mixing in things and creating all kinds of other colors and, and keeping with the symbolism of this, that's all kinds of other narratives. Um, these different colors that the students are wearing, there's a, a gray, and a light blue now that have joined the teal and the yellow. I mean, these, again, these are just symbolic of narratives. You could view the, the student in gray as a student with disabilities. You could view the student in light blue as um, someone who is uh, a gender non-conforming or uh, LGBTQ. 
Um, there's there's so many different ways to to get this point across, and I'm I really just wanted to invite people to imbue these students and the colors that they're wearing with whatever narratives they're feeling um, um, need to be included in the conversation. So, um, and then deeper into the, into the graphic, this is the first frame where you see that the student in teal is reaching for the yellow book. And that for me was a big part of this because it's an acknowledgement that maybe, just maybe, the way that this uh, dysfunctional system was designed was also not sufficient for the needs of even the demographics for whom it was built. Maybe reaching out and experiencing the fullness and the wholeness of these other narratives that we share this land with and we share our, our school system with, our classrooms with, maybe experiencing those and learning about those will make uh, everyone better. Yeah, that's a lot. And what, what, what I'm hearing in the, in the last, as you talk about the last panel of that movement to justice is about ele elevating um, what has traditionally been marginalized identities such that it is mainstream mm -hmm. to grab whatever book and learn. I, I, I know some of our colleagues at the Swift Center have talked about their schooling experiences being individuals of color and not knowing the history of um, their own journey through the United States. Mm -hmm. And we would, we would hope that as we're beginning to move towards um, an educational system that is just, that any student um, is steeped in a deep understanding of all student populations, each and every student population, marginalized student populations first and foremost. And this, and, and in some ways we're moving from this place of saying all means all to um, actually, you know, there are some students that need it first and need it now and need it most. And, and and that's where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're but we're doing it the right way. Yes. We're not singling them out as we talked about before. We're not singling them out as just inherently needing more. We're we're saying the system has been set up for them to need more. So let's stop focusing on what do we need to get them uh, assimilated into a dysfunctional system, how about let's talk about what do we need to do to make a dysfunctional system function? Well, we're, 
we're glad that you're front and center um, at SWIFT and helping us to grow not only internally, but also share that growing out in ways that are both um, simplistic and very, very complex. Um, you have a rich, rich knowledge of this, and I'm truly grateful that you um, honored us by, by sharing it with us. Uh, I know that um, you've also said that this, you intend for this to continue to evolve, that this is just, uh, this graphic is a marker in this moment, but may shift. This is, this is work. This is ongoing and um, it will be informed by every single person that steps into the room and picks up a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, so much Wade, for, for taking time to do this podcast and for creating this beautiful image. And most importantly, thank you for being willing to speak about it. And I suspect this will be one of many conversations um, in the coming year about um, uh, equity and justice and how we um, build equity and join justice. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Swift Unscripted, a podcast produced by Swift Education Center. We invite you to comment on what you heard and to visit our website, swiftschools.org where you can find more stories of school-wide transformation and resources to start your own school transformation. Swift Education Center is a research and technical assistance center located at the University of Kansas.